Methodist. My name is Joe Kate. I'm the minister here. We're so grateful that you're here with us. If you notice uh, an increase of people wearing uniforms in worship today, that is due to the fact that it's Scout Sunday. Scouts, we're grateful that y'all are participating in both this service and in our 9 o'clock service. They have um, announcements, they have uh, bags that they'll tell you about, and they are going to bring our colors in as well. Uh, but before we turn to them, we have a couple of announcements. I'm going to ask um, Addison to come forward to tell you about something that the youth are doing. And while she's coming, I'll tell you an exciting thing. We have an increase in need for nursery and 11 o'clock worship. Uh, anytime you say that, it's a very good thing. So if it's, that's something, um, really, if you like holding babies. Does anyone like holding babies? Would anyone like to avoid hearing a um, sermon from me in order to hold a baby? If so, um, right um, out on the... Uh, uh, sign-in sheet. I like to hold babies and uh, we will put you on that list to help us with 11 o'clock. Addison has, Addison and Caroline have an announcement and they're going to project. Good morning. Uh, my name is Addison Kate. The youth is joining churches all over the nation in Super Bowl of Caring. We will be collecting donations after the church service for Greer Community Ministries. If you don't have cash, that's okay. There's a link on the church website where you can follow to give online. Thank you for your support. Um, I'm going to call Mark Green up. He's our director of uh, scouts in there in the Rock House, just back here. And while he's coming, I'll repeat what she said. We, uh, if I had to have one dollar in my wallet to save my life, 364 days out of the year, I would not live. Um, I have a debit card uh, that I use exclusively, and I give online all the time. You'll never see our family put money in the plate um, because we give uh, automatically. So there is a link on Facebook, and you'll see a link again on the website in order to give to Super Bowl of Caring, which is supporting Greer Community Ministries. Hey, Mark. Thank you, Joe. It's good to be here. Once a year, we celebrate Scout Sunday in honor of our birthday. Scouting was actually started by Lord Baden-Powell in England. Uh, on a foggy day, a young man in a strange uniform uh, was approached by an American businessman who was lost in London. And it was very foggy, and he needed directions, so the 
young man showed him where to go, walked with him, and when he went to pay, the young boy said, uh, I did my good turn daily, so I cannot accept any money. Well, that was the beginning of Boy Scouts coming here. That businessman brought Boy Scouts over here, and we've been celebrating our birthday every year since then. This year, we were doing scouting for food again. There were some bags passed out. One of the things the scouts need to do is a good turn daily. So next week, we'll be back to collect your canned goods, and it will be provided to Greer Relief. As far as our association with this church, uh, Troop 107 and PAC 107 is supported second to none by Memorial. The Methodist Church has been committed to Scouts for many, many years, and y'all are carrying that tradition on. I want to say thank you for a very nice Scout Hut, the nicest Scout Hut around. Thank you for your financial support, making sure that all of our boys can participate in Scout Camp and have their uniforms. We meet at 6.30 for Cub Scouts on Monday nights, which is five-year-old up to fifth grade, and then the Boy Scouts pick up at seven. We meet from seven to 8.30, and that's predominantly middle schoolers and high schools. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. I'll tell you just two quick things about intentional faith development. We have no children or adult programming tonight. No programming tonight. Um, we do have a youth Super Bowl party. So if you have uh, youth, will be in the Family Life Center gym for the first half. So if you're a parent that's coming to pick them up, watch the game. Pay attention to what's going on in the game and um, come pick them up at halftime. And we have uh, uh, United Methodist Women are supporting a uh, gathering tomorrow, a call to prayer and self-denial um, at 10 a.m. in the social hall, which is the building between this building and the sanctuary. So we invite you to come to that uh, tomorrow if you are available. If you'll please uh, stand for the presentation of the colors. your um, participation in our service and for your service to this community. It's a big deal. We thank you. If you'll uh, take your hymnal and join us in number 625, Come Let Us Eat.
let us now affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From then she shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. The first scripture reading is from Psalm 112, verses 1 through 5. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for this beautiful day in which we may gather, for this place in which we may support one another, for the liturgy you give us on Communion Sundays of confession and pardon, for the table that you give us to share with one another. Use all of these elements, Lord. Use all of us in the leadership of this service as instruments to draw your people to your grace and mercy. Be with us this morning, Lord, as we proclaim your word, as we sing your song, as we pray your prayer, as we share your table. May it all glorify you. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your son taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's now time for our tithes and other offerings. And as you, as I mentioned before about um, Super Bowl of Caring, we have uh, a way for you to give digitally and text to give. If that is the way that you would like to give, you'll see that noted in your bulletin.
please be seated. For a couple weeks I invited you to remain standing as we read the gospel, but I think in a, in a blessing, so many of you turn to the Bible and actually read along, I think it's much easier to sit down and get your Bible and be able to read along. Uh, so we are going to start with 1 Corinthians, starting with chapter 2, and that's found in the neighborhood of page 1773 in your Bible. Some of them are different. Now I'm going to read the whole thing today, so you can close them. Put him back. He's crazy. <laughs> you won't believe what Joe did today. Uh, verse 1. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So the first phrase today is the pursuit of attention. It's one of the hardest things anyone who gets in front of a group of people or anyone that tries to even get a group of people to come, much less pay attention. This is something that we struggle with all the time, the pursuit of attention. And given that this is Super Bowl Sunday, I'm going to go with an NFL illustration. The unique aspect of the NFL is that all 32 teams get an equal share of the most important part of their revenue, and that's television. The uh, televising of games has skyrocketed in uh, my life in the last 10 years. And with that, so have commercials, and with that, so is income. And teams all get an equal share divided by 32 from the television money. So a team in New York City gets the same amount as a team in Jacksonville. A team in Chicago gets the same amount as a team in Kansas City. And a team in Los Angeles gets the same amount as a team in Green Bay. It's the reason big towns and small towns can compete in the NFL. The other sports leagues have a version of that, but nothing near that type of balance which gives the NFL its parity. But there is a dramatic difference in fan engagement. A dramatic difference in marketing team to team that can be a difference maker. I'll give you two examples and it's from the last two, Los Angeles and Green Bay. Los Angeles has had many teams. At times they've had two teams. At times they were boring and they, to the fans and they left and went to another town. And they went 20, 25 years without teams. But last year the St. Louis Rams moved back to Los Angeles and they're now the Los Angeles Rams. Next year, the San Diego Chargers want to move to Los Angeles and be the Los Angeles Chargers for some reason. Let me give you the numbers. This year, in the first year, you think total excitement. This team is back. The Los Angeles Rams had an average of 74,121 people in their games, and that's really actually generous. What that means is that many people bought tickets. If you looked at the coverage, if you looked at some of the pictures, it wasn't near that in actual attendance. They have a seating capacity of 93,607. That means that they had 79% of their stadium full. Green Bay has 
78,215 people typically at their game. And if you watch that game, they are at that game. They're not playing. And some of them might have snuck in. They have a capacity of 80,750. That means that 96% of their stadium was filled on average throughout this NFL season. But that's not the crazy statistic. The crazy one is that Los Angeles has a population of 3,884,000 people. That means the average attendance of a Los Angeles Rams game was 0.01% of the population. Green Bay has a, a population of 104,779. That means 75% of the population, not necessarily those exact people, but 75% of the population of Green Bay is in that stadium eight times a year and in the playoffs. Dramatically different locations. And Green Bay, whether good or bad, they're going to have about 78,000 people there. When Paul is writing to the people in Corinth, he's writing to a busy town. He's writing to a transient town. He's writing to a town where sailors are coming in and out and wanting what they want. He's writing to a town that has different religious faiths on top of one another. Not different denominations. You ever drive through downtown Lawrence and you see about six denominations in about a quarter mile all right there beside each other. Those are different versions of Christianity. All different types of faiths are surrounded by one another and influencing one another and likely getting in one another's way. And what are they clamoring for? Attention. And you better do whatever it is you need to do to get it. Now, we don't live in Green Bay. We don't live in Los Angeles. You may be bored by football. You may hate football. But you can understand the human desire for something beautiful, something powerful, something victorious especially when it's something connected to you and there's a very simple reason why when an entity that you are a part of that you are a fan of that you are an investor of time and time again is beautiful powerful and victorious what are you you're those three things do you ever see an Alabama fan with a jacket that has every year that they've won the national championship in a big circle? It's unbelievable. How many? And by extension, people feel that they then are beautiful, powerful, and victorious. Of course, the opposite's true. If an entity that you follow struggles, is ugly at times, and loses... Do you stay in love with that entity 24-7? Or do you struggle with it? Because you feel like it represents you. Whatever's going on in my life, at least this thing is winning that I'm a part of. Or whatever's going on in my life, if this thing's losing, I don't know if I have the energy for it. Right? So for Paul to say, I'm not all that smart. I'm not all that strong. I'm not all that powerful. And of course, the one I'm proclaiming was taken by the Romans who were influenced by his own people, 
the Jewish religious leadership to be crucified publicly. Not beautiful. Not powerful. And if you were there that day, if you had heard, you know, as the story expands, as it gets further and further out from Jerusalem, not victorious. You would have said, wait, you're following who? Who is it that you want? You want to be Christian. And the leader that is writing to you says he's not all that bright. Now, if you were to Google top 25 pastors in America, what do you think you would see in that list? You might see worship attendance. You might see how much they've written. You might see how many people watch them online. You might see how cool whatever it is that they're doing. Whatever it is, you want to project success and beauty. And guess what? I haven't been any different. What did I say in the first six months when I was here? Here's the good news of the week. Why? Because I felt like we needed good news. What is the most news that I will share with you? Here's something that we've worked on. Here's something that we've achieved. Here's something that we've done. Why? So that people say, oh, okay, now we're doing something. We want to be a part of something. Now we want to join. All that is directly against what Paul's saying. If on my first Sunday, I said to y'all, I'm so happy to be here because, whoo, I don't deserve to be because I'm not all that smart. I'm not all that beautiful, and I don't know if I've ever done anything of any worth. What would you say? You, you got this. You, mm. <laughs> Who is this guy? But guess what he does say? The only thing I'm up to is telling you about Christ crucified. Why is that significant? Here's a quote from one of the leaders in the Interpreter's Bible on this text. So Paul tells the Corinthians that when he was with them, everything he knew, from the meaning of the Jewish scriptures to the wisdom of the best thinkers to the status of various individuals in the community, he perceived through the lens of Christ crucified. How many of you have something that corrects your vision? Raise your hand. That's good, 65, 70 plus. I'm always fascinated when we're in the CP and uh, one week we see a child without glasses and next week we see them with glasses. They've gone and people think, wow, this child must be struggling to understand this concept. They can't see. Then one day they have glasses and there's leaves on trees. I had no idea there were leaves on trees. And y'all, um, uh, those of you that have prescriptions and let them get by for a good while, you go to the doctor and you get treatment and then you get a better one. You go, oh my goodness. I can operate a motor vehicle with success now. I can stay in my same lane. I can see the beauty of the sunset. I can see the trees. I can see whatever. Vision that was impaired dramatically is now quite clear. Anyone who writes about this text talks about Paul trying to improve the vision of the people in that place, saying, if you understand the significance of this is Christ crucified, then your vision for this world will no longer be impaired. You'll no longer think that you have to be beautiful, powerful, and victorious to participate. You'll no longer think that your entity has to be beautiful, powerful, and victorious in order to do the will of God. You'll no longer look down your nose at any of those things that are not that, including yourself, and say, I'm not worth anything. 
the cross is foolishness, he says. People don't understand it unless they're engaged and buying in and understanding what the nature of this call is. And it's two things. Ultimate sacrifice in the face of selfishness. You ever see a video or hear a story or have somebody tell a story about someone sacrificing in a time when they didn't have to? Doesn't that warm your heart? Doesn't it make your eyes well up? I was watching all kinds of videos on YouTube to see um, uh, what might come to mind and I, was, uh, I always go back to a um, junior college girls softball team where a girl hit a home run. It was a two-run home run. But she was so excited she'd never hit one. When she rounded first, she didn't touch it. And when she turned back to go back to first, she tore her ACL. And she fell to the ground. And had any of her players tried to help her, she would have been out. Had anyone gone in to sub for her, that person would have been on first base. So two players, one of which was the leading home run hitter in the conference that year, picked her up and carried her to touch every base. And when she touched on plate, they lost. And that sort of thing sticks out to us because it's so rare. It shouldn't be. But it's powerful. Ultimate sacrifice in the face of selfishness. Those that wanted Christ crucified on just on the outside of the door did not impact His desire to serve the people at that table. Ultimate obedience in the face of rebellion. Those disciples in that room were really struggling with how in the world they got to that point. And some of them thinking, I don't know if I can go through with this. One of them in particular thinking, I'm going to tell him where he is because of how it benefits me. Those people who were going to struggle to follow him in that moment, he still offered a table to them. So, I'll join you in our effort, our struggle, to not solely seek the beautiful, powerful, and, and victorious, but instead seek sacrifice in the face of selfishness, to seek obedience in the face of rebellion. We'll join around this table together, and hopefully we'll be changed beings for the future. Let us pray. Gracious God, forgive us when it's been hard to get our attention. Forgive us when we've thought the cross is foolishness. Forgive us when we've only sought the pretty things. Forgive us when we've grabbed for power. Forgive us when we've gone for victory at all cost. Give us broken hearts, contrite hearts. Give us open hands as we approach your table. For it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. I invite you to turn to page 12 in your hymnal and follow along with me.
you see a compromand, ask him about it. We talked about it today at great length. Holy Communion and Baptism. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Corporate confession means a corporate understanding that we have all struggled. It means acknowledging that yes, we've been broken. It means acknowledging that others around us indeed are broken. But that in our brokenness, we have an opportunity to confess. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Corporate forgiveness means understanding that you are forgiven for the ways in which you have fallen short. It means the person down from the pew from you is forgiven despite the fact that they've fallen short. It means a new opportunity, a new covenant to participate. Turn to page 13 with the great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. I invite you to look up. A very common element that we use every single day was used to do a very uncommon thing. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, he broke it, he gave it to his disciples and he said, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, take and drink. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
These are people who understand covenant language. They understand what it means for Him to say it. That He's not defying everything that's preceded Him. He's embodying everything that has preceded Him and offering them a new covenant. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by His blood. By Your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at His heavenly banquet. Through Your Son, Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit in Your holy church, all honor and glory is Your mighty Father, now and forever. I invite those who are serving to come forward. Adam and Samantha serve with us each month, but you might not know exactly how they contribute to the church. Adam helps with every technical thing that's ever been. He is the root of every technical thing we've ever done. Also, um, video. And Samantha helps us all the time in children's ministry. She's tremendous for us. Nelson Stokes is serving with us. He's a retired minister uh, from Aldersgate. Uh, has a place up 14 uh, that's uh, beautiful. Got woods and uh, he showed me my first flying turkey. Uh, and, and Nelson, I'm grateful uh, that you're serving with us as well. Uh, we serve um, by you coming forward. We have teenagers as ushers today, so help the teenagers out. Um, you'll go by the outside of your pew, and if you start, then you come here. And if you start, then you come here. And you fill in, and then you return by the center aisle. We'll give you a piece of bread, and we'll give you a cup as well, and you um, eat, and then you drink, and you don't have to kneel if you don't want to, and we also have gluten-free elements on each corner. If you want a gluten-free element, make sure that you grab it, and we won't give you a piece of bread. Uh, I'm going to call the choir first.
Lord, we thank you for inviting us to your table, for calling us to confess, for offering us forgiveness. Help us to make every table this week an opportunity for forgiveness with others. Extend this table far beyond our sanctuary, out into our community. Amen. I never, ever, ever remember to tell you, but if you see people um, donate uh, at the communion rail, it goes to um, the Good Samaritan Fund, which helps people in our community uh, that need help. So if you would ever like to do that, you have an opportunity at communion. Would you please stand as you're able and join us with our last hymn, number 127. Thank you so much to everyone who participated in this service. Scouts, we're so grateful to have you not only in this service, but just a couple of feet away at the Rock House. Remember to take your bags with you. If you grab, didn't grab one, grab one on the way out the door. Um, give to the Super Bowl of Caring, and if you need to give online, you'll see how to do that. I have to be gone Tuesday and Wednesday. I'll be out of town entirely, but we'll be back and uh, get everything settled. Uh, go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen.